Are you looking for a way to save a little money? What about getting your subscriptions under control? If so, then I've got just the solution for you. Rocket Money. With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find a subscription that I completely forgot to cancel before the free trial was up. I'm sure you've all been there. And Rocket Money can help me cancel it. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each and every month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With them, I can see clearly what my monthly spending is and how it compares to the month before, making saving money and taking control over my finances so much easier. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Waking up to an empty coffee pot stinks, but you don't have to. That's why it's the perfect time to add native aluminum-free deodorant to your morning routine. Native cares about the products you put on your body. They're all about stopping the stink the right way. That's the native difference. I've tried almost every aluminum-free deodorant there is, and I can say without a shadow of a doubt that native is my absolute favorite. With ingredients you've actually heard of and can pronounce, like coconut oil and shea butter, you can go on with your day knowing that you'll smell great without putting anything bad in your body. Not just that, but none of their products are tested on animals, and almost everything is vegan, so you can feel really good about making the switch. And because every body is different and experience products in their own way, there's tons of options to choose from, like a line of sensitive deodorants for those with baking soda sensitivities, plastic-free for those wanting to cut down on plastic consumption, and unscented for those who are all about their own scent. And if you're squared away in the deodorant department, Native carries body wash, toothpaste, and a new broad-spectrum SPF 30 mineral sunscreen for both your face and body. Native is ready to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care back into self-care. Stay fresh and stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash morningcup 
or using the promo code MORNINGCUP at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash MORNINGCUP or use the promo code MORNINGCUP at checkout for 20% off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. School shootings have unfortunately become a common occurrence in modern day America. But that doesn't mean they are a new tragedy. On May 25th, 2007, a boy involved in a 1998 school shooting was released from prison, a crime he committed when he was just 11 years old. So if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Mitchell Scott Johnson, born August 11th, 1984, moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas with his mother and brother when he was seven years old after his parents divorced. There, his mother met and married a man named Terry Woodward, who was an inmate at the prison where she worked as a corrections officer, who by all accounts was a decent stepfather to Gretchen's boys. Growing up, Mitchell was described as a good kid, was quiet and respectful, and a member of his church choir. Unfortunately, when his childhood was looked into a bit further, it found that the young boy was sexually abused when he was six and seven by a family member of the daycare he attended. And when he was 12 years old, he was charged for doing the same thing to a three-year-old girl while visiting Minnesota with his family, though this was later expunged given his age. Things seemed to be shifting for Mitchell the older he got, and the one-time choir boy started donning red clothing and camouflage, boasting that he was a member of the Bloods. Though this seemed relatively harmless, on March 24th, 1998, he took things to a level that no one suspected. Pushed over the edge by the romantic rejection of his 11-year-old girlfriend, Candace Porter, Mitchell skipped school that day, stole a bunch of weapons from a shed belonging to the grandfather of a friend, stole his stepfather's van, and went straight towards his school. But he wasn't alone. Riding along beside him was a boy named Andrew Douglas Golden. 11-year-old Andrew was born and raised in Jonesboro and, much like Mitchell, had a relatively normal childhood that was described favorably by all that knew him. That was until he reached the sixth grade. That's when he started picking fights, threatening everybody, causing trouble with classmates and, according to one girl, killed her cat with a BB gun. And together, he and Mitchell Johnson made quite the deadly pair. They were bullies, smoked pot, and threatened to kill an ex-girlfriend who ended a relationship. At the very beginning of 1998, a student who knew the boys came to a counselor and said that Andrew had threatened to shoot some people at the school. So he was called to the counselor's office, where he stated that he had had a nightmare about the event and it scared him. Therefore, it was not a real plan he intended on completing. However, on March 23rd, 1998, Mitchell Johnson warned former girlfriend Jennifer Jacobs to skip school the next day, saying that he heard something bad was going to happen. He was also heard telling friends that he had, quote, a lot of killing to do and that they would know if they were destined to live or die the next day. But no one really took the boys seriously. Had they done so, who knows how different the outcome would have been. Back to March 24th, 1998. 
After stealing weapons and about 2,000 rounds of ammunition from Andrew's grandfather's shed, the pair drove the stolen car to Westside Middle School in Craighead County, Arkansas, and walked into the building ready for revenge. Andrew pulled the fire alarm at 12.30 p.m., while Michael situated the weapons outside waiting for Andrew to join him. As the students and teachers started to file out of the school, the 13- and 11-year-old took aim and began shooting. Some kids, assuming it was a drill, started to shout, it's all fake. But as students started to fall and teachers started to shield their students with their own bodies, the severity of the situation started to sink in. They were rushed back into the building where students stood listening to the bullets ricocheting off the bricks outside while injured students were pulled inside and tended to. As the students sought shelter, one told a teacher that they believed the shooter was Mitchell Johnson, saying that he told the student not to attend school that day. When the dust settled, four students were killed as well as one teacher. Their names were Shannon Wright, 32, who took a bullet to save her student. Stephanie Johnson, 12, Natalie Brooks, 11, Paige Ann Herring, 12, and Brittany Varner, 11. An additional 10 were injured, many of whom took shots to save other students and friends. According to a sixth grade student there that day, Mitchell said before the shooting that they were going to shoot Candace and then kill everyone else in the building. Mitchell and Andrew attempted to run back to their van, which they had stocked with enough food and supplies to last them for a while, but were caught by police about 10 minutes after the shooting began. Safely secured and awaiting their trial, Mitchell wrote a letter to the public extending his thoughts and prayers to those who were killed or shot, and their families saying, I am really sad inside about everything. My thoughts and prayers are with those kids that I go to school with. I really want people to know the real Mitchell someday. And another letter read during the trial apologized for his actions, saying that he had not been targeting anyone in particular. Because of their age, the pair were tried as juveniles. They were found guilty of all five counts of murder and sentenced to the maximum sentence. Confinement in a juvenile center until they reached 21 years old. They were transported by the National Guard helicopter to Alexander, Arkansas, where they were taken to Arkansas Juvenile Assessment and Treatment Center, the most secure facility in the state. They were among the youngest assailants charged with murder in the United States, with the prosecutor of the case stating that, if it weren't for their age, they would have absolutely sought the death sentence. That the punishment did not fit the crime. In the aftermath of the shooting, then-President Clinton ordered experts on school violence to analyze this incident and the two that came before it. Unfortunately, Columbine happened shortly thereafter and became the touchstone of school shootings, leaving the survivors of the Westside Middle School shooting feeling forgotten. On August 11, 2005, his 21st birthday, Mitchell Johnson was released after spending just seven years in confinement. Andrew Golden was released on May 25, 2007, the day of his 21st birthday, after serving nine years. Andrew's whereabouts were completely unknown until 2008 when he tried to apply for a concealed weapons permit under an assumed name. The application was, of course, denied and has remained under the radar ever since. Mitchell Johnson, however, was arrested on January 1st, 2007, after a traffic stop in Fayetteville found him carrying a weapon and 21.2 grams of marijuana. 
Driving the van was 22-year-old Justin Trammell, who met Mitchell while at the correctional facility after pleading guilty to the 1999 crossbow murder of his father. Both were eventually released, but Mitchell was indicted by a federal grand jury in October of 2007. He was found guilty and, just days after his conviction, was arrested again for possession of marijuana at a convenience store where he worked, as well as suspicion of using a stolen credit card. This time, he was sentenced to four years in prison for one charge, 12 for the other, and an additional six in 2009. The reason the sentences were so small were because, technically, with his record expunged because of his age, Mitchell was a first-time offender. But the judge did comment on the wasted opportunity of reform. Though given 18 years total, Mitchell was released in July of 2015 and placed in a drug rehab center, making he and Andrew the only two living mass school shooters not incarcerated. That was until Andrew's death in 2019, when a car departed its lane and crashed into his head on. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on May 26th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.